Welcome, welcome, Nick fans, to episode 46 of the Worldwide Knicks podcast. Omar here, joined by Rafa and Alex is back. Congratulations on being back off, off the IR. Welcome back. Appreciate uh, having Woo-hoo. the squad at full strength. I'm especially glad that we're back at full strength for this particular episode, for this particular topic that we are going to be discussing. But before we get into that, to give you a brief recap of the week that was, the team uh, that is increasingly mediocre was a very mediocre basketball team. Again, going 2-2 two and two with a big blowout win against the Pistons in Detroit and a win, a very ugly win, against the Cavaliers yesterday at home. And a close loss to the Bucks and a uh, disgraceful showing against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so 2-2 two and two on the week. Team still hovering around that 500 mark. You know, right around where we thought the team would be, but... That's not the important thing. The important thing is all about the coaching because after that Mavericks game, a lot of people were talking about Tom Thibodeau should be fired. And just as a brief thing, the Knicks were outscored in the third quarter of that game. What was it, 45 to 11? And Tim Hardaway Jr. looked like the reincarnation of Reggie Miller. And it was it was just bad all across the board. So a lot of people were calling for Thibodeau's job. So his, his seat's getting a little warm right now. And I remember saying, guys, right after it happened, I, somebody was asking me about it. I was like, look, that's a type of performance that gets a coach fired. You know, that's the type of lack of effort, no hustle on defense, no fight at all. You have, you wave the white flag with like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That kind of performance is what gets a coach fired. Too many of those, right? So needless to say, Thibodeau's seat is getting hot. So there's a lot of people who are calling for his head, calling for his job, calling for Leon Rose's job as well, to to be honest, not just Thibodeau. So do you guys think, Alex, we'll start with you as we usually do, that Thibodeau has reached the end of the line here with the Knicks? I kind of I kind of thought uh, we talked in the in the summer I think it was the you know I I kind of saw it happening maybe at the end of the this season be a kind of natural move just to kind of maybe you know he's mentoring Johnny Bryant maybe and and kind of brings him in and Thibodeau maybe moves to a position upstairs uh, where he can you know the front office has has been said many times you know as an inexperienced front office from a from a kind of basketball mind uh, perspective and you know maybe there's a there's a role up there uh, for him maybe a bit like Brad Stevens you know at the Celtics that kind of idea you know where there's just a, a kind of move into the front office I know that Tibbs hasn't exactly had a successful time in the front office role in the past but got to think there's there, there's something that can there's some kind of role upstairs that you can uh, you can can kind of draw on his experience and yeah, I, I I kind of just saw that as a kind of natural progression, and I know we'll get into a little bit more as to as the kind of expectations of what we really wanted going into the season. I know we're all a bit excited about you know Brunson and and what that would bring, but just from a general point of view, uh, you know this this is a kind of you know a five hundred style roster, if that you know it, and uh, what we're kind of going through at the moment is obviously a very bumpy bumpy patch and. The, the kind of guys in the locker room are, are really the ones that can tell if, you know, he's lost the players and all this kind of stuff. And if that's the case, I always said, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that's going to get him fired before the end of the season, you know, if if the players go. Because once you lose the trust of the players and once the players aren't playing for you, then mm-hmm. then any coach is untenable. Do you know, it's it's not, it's not the case. But 
you know, I, I don't see a, a disaster at the moment. I don't see why I don't like firing coaches mid-season. I just, I don't really see the point of it. I, I prefer having a new coach in, fresh start, fresh training camp, everything going in. Everything's, you know, he's got three, four months over the summer to work with the, the players if he needs to. You know, it just harks back to the kind of old next days of just uh, making snap judgments, you know, risky moves without even succession planning and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't like the way it's going right now. Uh, you know, I, I, I will back tips, as, as you know, but, you know, I am seeing, you know, that it is towards the end of the road from. So we'll try to remain. No, 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 no. Let no. it out. You yeah, were out here enough. in the group chat going buck you wild the other day. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I'm here. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was a little bit annoyed at Tom Thibodeau and the team, not just Tibbs, but yeah. Tibbs took the blunt force of it. But it's like, obviously, I, I always said it as much as I don't like Tibbs, this season will be with him unless a full season with him, unless a catastrophe happens because he had a good season a pretty good one he had a not so good one but there's a lot of things around it so this was a third year this is the well it's it's this year or you do good or you're you're gone to me it's not looking good even with the wins there but there's a a lot of issues with, with the team that still remain people say it's the roster but if you're the coach you need to improve them and play them to the strength if you're not able to do that if you look at the team right now everybody's playing uh, worse. I mean, it's, uh, we, we waited, Omar, I waited for those 20 games. I waited and the 20 games are here. That. I appreciate you doing that. I, I waited. <laughs> I waited. Uh, it, it might not seem like it, but I try to wait it to wait for the 20 games and 20 games are in. It's it, it, it doesn't look good. I mean, uh, we're mediocre, but it's not a positive. I mean, how can mediocre be positive? But it's not a positive thing. You're you feel like you're going down. You're like going down on it. You're not improving steadily. Oh, it's good day, good days and bad days. It's no, it's bad days, terrible days, and mediocre days. And it's yeah. like it's the train. I mean, the coal is uh, running out. So I think in uh, we talked about it uh, this uh, last week. Omar, how all those changes, all the rotation changes and all the players in and out of the, the lineups, all of those things, like just, it's a scream. I'm fighting for my job here. Like this last game or last year, oh, we, oh, I, I 10 men rotation, 10 men rotation, 10 men rotation. He never changed it, no matter what, 10 men rotation. This season, he started with 11, then 12, 11, back to 10. Now he's at nine because Rose, Derrick Rose, is out of the rotation with Cam Reddish. Look, Cam Reddish started from the bench because Grimes was injured, then became a starter, playing good minutes and getting praise on press conferences. Jumped back down to a, a bench player because Grimes recovered after being out and playing garbage minutes. It's different top, different subject. And now he's out of the rotation again. Like, out of everywhere. Fournier, same thing. Grimes was bench, got injured, okay. But then is he's starting. He's trying to get find his footing. Quickly was the first guard off the bench at the beginning of the season. But then Rose complained about his minutes. Not directly, but kind of complained. And he got a bigger role again. And now he's out of the rotation with Deuce replacing him. 
it's all over the place. And the minutes distribution as well, especially with RJ Barrett, like he's not playing tremendously. That's a beat around the bush. He's not playing that good many on many games, but against Dallas, he played 20 minutes with 20 minutes coming in the third quarter. Last night, he played 20 minutes the first half. What's uh, what's what's going on? What he's trying everything he can, and it, that feels like if a coach is that desperate to try everything, because we know, okay, Tibbs is doing doing his thing, like the ten man rotation, like those players. It's Teddy. Like last year, what we listened last year for so long was they have to play through it. No one gets to play through it this year. Yeah, that's the that's the point, Rafa. Is that that. When he gave everybody that chance and got to play through it, everybody complained about that and said that Tibbs doesn't make adjustments. I was going there, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I was and going to it, say that. It's just it. Sometimes you just feel like it's the next fan base. The next fan base just needs something to complain about all the time. That's it's you can't win, and I think the same with Randall as well. I think next fans have just got that narrative that is never going to change. They don't like Tibbs. They don't like Randall. You know, any any chance that they get to just jump all over him, that's it. You know, the Randall plays a, a 30, 30 point game, brilliant game. They all go quiet. And then as soon as he plays a slightly bad game, Vultures, yeah. Yeah. They're right oh, in there again. A, yeah, yeah. Waiting for the opportunity. And it feels the same with Tibbs at the minute. I don't think Tibbs could, could do anything right now to change the narrative. I don't think. I think he's just a sitting duck at the moment. See, he dug himself that hole. Like being a, so stubborn, no, no change happened because, oh, this, this, and that, this, that, and the other. Because set the rotations and everything. Even with Alfred Payton, all the, the questions surrounding him. Like, why are you playing him so much? Then you get to the playoffs and just run him out of the rotation. The things with Kemba, with Fournier. It, it, he dug himself that hole of not being uh, a flexible coach. It's like... He's not flexible. And then every the, the news start appearing, uh, even Ian Bagley speaking, that uh, maybe Tibbs' job isn't as secure and he starts changing everything every after every loss. Like, it's different with, with him him adjusting because he, we, we said at the beginning of the season, I said it here in the pod, it's, hey, Tibbs is making a few adjustments here and there with a few players. That's good to see. So many different rotations, so many different things like... We're 23 games in. We had three different starting shooting guards. Three. And two of them are out of the rotation right now. Like, he's desperately desperately trying to find the, 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 the winning formula with this team. And my point is, maybe that's that winning formula. And I'm not, I'm not saying these guys are uh, going to win titles. That's not what I'm saying. Or, uh, But maybe that winning formula with Tibbs is, has expired. The, the only season we had, a uh, good season we had here, was when Randall was playing all-NBA level. And credit, credit tips for that, because it, it was with him, so he got a, he had to do something. But he is also the, the same coach that was unable to get, those, or get Randall to stay at that level, to have other players jump. Like, they all have potential. We all know they have potential. Maybe not potential to be all Luka Doncic, but they have potential to be good. And that potential isn't showing maybe at a level that we want. I mean, if the front office asks him, hey, develop, maybe he does something different. But if the front office asks him, hey, do 
we need to make the playoffs. He needs to play the best available or try to do the best available. And that's a different story as well. That's why the front office is not immune to criticism right here. Yeah, but again, that's 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 always the point. It's like they're, they're not good enough for what we want, you know, and it's like you're talking about players like Quickly who are drafted down in the 20s and uh, Robinson and Sims, all these kind of guys, uh, even Grimes. You know, these aren't these aren't superstar players, you know, and the expectations of the next fan base is just like, well, why aren't these guys like winning MVP and stuff like that? You know, I mean, it's that's the conversation, right? Like, what is the expectation of this fan base? You know, is the expectation that we want them to be like Utah, you know, like good in the regular season, don't do shit in the playoffs? Do we want them to be a title contender? Like that the way the thing is like the way they speak about it is like oh you gotta give Grimes and Cam and Deuce and all these young guys minutes, but the problem Tibbs isn't that coach, like no. Tibbs is Tibbs is not a young player coach, you know you want a young player coach you get the guy they got in OKC, yep. who's gonna try and relate with a twenty one or twenty two year old player. Tibbs is a guy who could coach veterans. I think we know that right you know but and now we've reached a point where both of the veterans that are left on this team depending on if you consider Randall a veteran or not, are both being benched. So he's throwing in Deuce. He's throwing all these guys. He's giving people actually what they wanted all along. There's like, you know, the whole play the kids movement. Obviously, a lot of people still unsatisfied with the lack of playing time for Obi. But by and large, he's kind of given them what they wanted. I, I do agree with you, Rafa. He's just throwing shit against the wall at this point, trying to save his job in any which way he can. And to be quite frank, the only way he's saving his job is by winning, you know, and... For now, but I do think it's kind of easy. He's kind of a dead man walking. It's it's just a matter of time before Leon says, "Okay, man, this this is done." You know, it's it's time to move on to the next guy. That point you you brought about him throwing things at the wall. Don't you think that the players and this ties up to uh, uh, Alex's one of the Alex's initial points about team the the players losing trust in or somewhat trust in Tibbs? Is like, don't you feel like players? Uh, understand what's happening and they're like oh we, we're we're losing so he's trying everything out like, okay it's it is what it is like it's gotta be rough for the players if we're being honest like imagine exactly. if you can like one week you're getting 25 minutes a night next week you're a dnp like that that's yeah. that's gotta be a rough Rose adjustment even. yeah i mean Rose, even like rj you Rose. mentioned you go playing like 35 minutes one night to 22 the next it's just like there is no continuity there because he's trying so hard just to figure stuff out. The past two games, he's gotten a technical foul each game because he's pressing yeah. so much because mm -hmm. he wants to win so badly to save his job. But my question to you guys, though, next is, if they do go through and fire him, when do you guys think it's going to happen? Is it going to happen soon? Is it going to happen at the All-Star break? you see it happening maybe into the offseason? I guess what do you guys think uh, uh, on that? What's his shelf life right now? It's hard, isn't it? Because, as say, once... Once the New York uh, scene, I guess you want to call it, media stroke fans, stroke everything. Once, once they've got their teeth bitten in, they're, they're not going to let go. This is just going to all, all. I mean, that Cavs game yesterday. Uh, I mean, might get onto talking about that, but in a bit more detail. But the Cavs game was an absolute like <laughs> the whole game was just horrible. Like the the Cavs Ugly. totally let yeah. totally let the, the Knicks off the hook. You know they. Neither team was playing anything like, you know, yeah. decent basketball. Be, uh, you know, and and you kind of got 
to be fair there, the refs did not help that game. They destroyed oh, no. that game. Any momentum any teams could have. Like, Season high, like travels. 13 traveling calls. Just, that's across no, the league. The whole, the whole thing was just a mess. It was horrible. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It was it was it was papering over the cracks a little bit, and you know the fact that they got the win. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I can see it happening fairly quickly that he goes. I say it's hard to survive in 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 the New York market as it is. Once the New York kind of people will get get their teeth stuck into, it, I, I, yeah, I don't think they're letting go, and I think it's. It will, it will happen sooner rather than later. I think I, I'd rather they went on to the end of the season. You know, we're not achieving anything this season of note, so I'd like to just keep that continuity going and just have it uh, have it in the off season. Um, and I say just move Tibbs upstairs or whatever. I don't want to go back to the old Knicks where we're just like firing coaches and front offices and you know trading players left, right, and center just to try and get one step ahead. You know that that's we started this thing. You know, when Tibbs arrived, you know, we were craving that kind of stability, just somebody to come in and just, you know, make us a respectable team again. doesn't matter if we're just a 500 team for a few years. I'd much rather that than just get a solid base to work from. Uh, this kind of boom or bust kind of way of working in New York is just, uh, it's never sustainable. And, you know, Knicks have shown that over the decades um you know since the 70s that you know we just can't you can't sustain that so i just see it going the same way i, I just i'm i'm gonna be i just really hope that you know they don't make a mistake with whoever's coming in next if it's johnny bryant or you know any of these young coaches there's huge risks involved We've talked about this before about bringing a young coach into a market like that you could just get eaten alive and then we're just back at square one again so I don't know. I'm just really worried about the future from that respect because I thought we'd gone down this road of just a slow rebuild, not worrying too much about bumps in the road and uh, just taking it slowly, you know, with a good, respectable coach that's going to just get us to a certain level. And yeah, okay, maybe the time has come to, for him to move on, but just really wary about the future. The future is... Uh... It's always been the problem and it's always been the, the, the thing. And you guys... Uh, already talked about how this roster and how young it is doesn't seem to fit Tom Thibodeau as a coach. And it got it got by the first two years, I think. But this year is clearly showing how the, the how there's a the cracks are are showing really, really well. And again, this is it's not only on Tibbs. That, that's why so many people talk about the front office as well. They need to pick a lane. They not want to. They need to understand what they want to do, and that ties up when they when they fire or if they fire Tibbs. Because we, I mean, this team two weeks ago was having one of the best road trips uh, I remember in the West. So it's it's the same team. It's this team is all up and down, and we don't know how go, going forward what happens. A thing that showed that I liked from last night was uh for example we played on offense was a little bit uh, mm. uh to say the best like rj's first half was atrocious uh, inter offensively but from him from quickly even from uh, uh obi and grimes especially those those guys i saw fight something i didn't see in many other games like how long haven't you seen this this rj barrett like missing shots 
but still trying, still being active on trying to be active on both ends of the floor. Sometimes and at least six times with turnovers, not the best way on offense, but he was trying and he got back in the second half and we went, I said so we win this game because of his third quarter. So that's the fight we all praised on the guys we, we have, especially the young guys. And they didn't have it, but they have it last night. They had it last night. Will they continue to have this trend? Like, if they do, okay, Tibbs is safe. But if we get, because we got a, a terrible loss against uh, the Nets. We got a terrible loss against the Mavericks, the the Knicks Mavericks. Against Portland, it was a, a, we shut it down as well and lost that game. Like, players didn't look the same. You look at last night's game, they don't look like this, like the same team. They they actually fought. They were fighting hard, sometimes not smart, but hard. And to me, that's important. If it's what we what we had two years ago with that uh, fourth seed, we we fought. And sometimes stupidly, but yeah, we fought. That and... was a situation where the players took took it personally. Like they looked at like, wow, we played like dog shit against the Mavericks. Now we got Donovan Mitchell, this guy who was you know, allegedly going to come here in the offseason, and we can't allow this to happen again. So I think that's more so what that was. On the subject of when it's going to happen, you know, I'm looking ahead of the schedule. And at the end of January, the Knicks have this stretch where they're playing the following teams. Atlanta, Toronto, Cleveland, Boston, Brooklyn, Lakers, Heat. You string a few losses there, a few bad losses there, and I think it's done. You know, that's that's probably my target for when it happens, if it happens during the season. To your point, Alex, I think waiting to the end of the season makes more sense. And that way you show that you're not like this panicky organization who says at the first sign of intense turmoil just blows it all up. But, you know, you're probably going to have to look at the end of the season and see, you know, what kind of role you would want to offer because they – they kind of talked about this whole family thing over and over again, you know, when they hired Thibodeau, when they brought in Jalen Brunson, when they re-signed Julius Randle, when they re-signed R.J. Barrett. Everything was all about togetherness, family, all these, like, cliches. So, you know, it makes well, you wonder. Let, let, letter of family in, in Brunson's case. But... Yeah, in that case, right. And so <laughs> when it makes you wonder when the going gets tough and you got to get rid of somebody, you know, you got the old uncle that you got to send off into retirement, right? You know, <laughs> like, what do you do in that situation? How are they going to handle it? Does Dolan get involved? And that becomes my big question on as terms of when. I think we all agree that it's going to happen. It's just a matter yeah. of when. I would prefer them not to do some sort of, knee-jerk react like uh, old Knicks would have fired him after the Mavs game like let's let's you know be honest here so I think though if it continues to be bad if you continue to have bad effort losses then it's going to happen sooner than later the question is if the, if they keep Tibbs into the end of the season they finish the yeah. season with Tibbs mm-hmm. is the roster going to stay the same because they, they they can't stay because the, the thing is or they change the coach and try a different coach right now with this roster, or if they keep Tibbs, I mean Tibbs is saying, "Hey, if I want, if you want me, want me here, give me weapons I can use to turn this around, like make a few trades happen, or like." Yeah. To answer you know, that, I think they could go into fire sale mode. Cam Reddish is an expiring contract. Derrick Rose is a pretty yeah. tradable contract. 
Fournier mm-hmm. is kind of like mm-hmm. as a player a player option situation. A, a contender could talk themselves into a shooter. And so you might see a situation where they just start selling off pieces, you know. And another thing is a lot of talk about quickly potentially going to another team. That could happen as well. So by the time we're at the trade deadline, this team could look vastly different than what they are today. I think the easiest one to move is probably Cam because, yeah, he's on a rookie deal, expiring deal. You know, people might say, oh, we've seen some flashes here. Let's get him on our tanking team. Maybe want to give him a a long-term extension. But him, Fournier, and Rose, you know, seem to be the ones that would be on the move. You would say Julius as well. Uh, depends on if anybody wants to trade for the contract. I don't think it's a bad contract, but the perception is that it's a bad contract, right? So yeah. that that becomes like the uh, the thing. Obviously, RJ's not going anywhere. Brunson's not going anywhere. I think it's the length of Randall's deal as much as anything else. Yeah, it's not the amount. It's the, it's the years. You know, that's yeah. – especially because I believe, if correct me if I'm wrong, guys, he has a player option, not a team option on his, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which makes it even more untradeable, you know? So – It's what – Three plus one or two plus yeah, one? It was three plus one. Yeah, if three I plus one. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we've also got all these picks as well that need to be, you know. Th- yeah, you so wonder if to get off of Fournier and Rose, you attach some of these conditional picks, right? These uh, protected first yeah, or whatever. Conditional yeah. ones, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what went wrong for Thibodeau in New York? Robertness. Um, this is just going to make coming off the pro tips again, but I, I'm not sure a, a hell of a, a lot went wrong. Do you know what I mean? Considering the position that he took over at, considering what we wanted when he took over, considering what he went achieved in that first year, obviously overachieved in that first year, and you know the expectations were raised way too high. I think all all in all, I mean he's got a 500 record near enough as a as a next coach. Not that many next coaches can can hold that up with a large sample size and say they've done that. I need you to put some but, respect on Mike Woodson's name first. Of yeah, all. well, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I think we just all wanted that little bit of stability, and that's that. You know, that to me is stability with the with what he with what he had to work with. I don't think he's done an amazing job, you know, but I, I certainly don't think he's you know some sort of hellish coach that needs to be fired instantly. You know, it, it's. I just, you know, maybe it's my perspective in life. Maybe I'm a wee bit older than you guys, but it's just like, you know, I, I just really don't think it's that bad. <laughs> you know, I think he's, he's ran his course. Yeah. Maybe it's like a, almost like a Mark Jackson like situation. I'm not saying we're the Warriors. Don't Please. get me wrong, you know, but like a lower level version of that yeah. where you set the foundation for the next yeah. guy to kind of come in, whether that's Johnny Bryant yeah. or whoever the case may be. I think that's a great comparison. We could just could we could just do a Steph Curry to kind of set off the yeah, uh, yeah just uh, get us one of those guys no big deal <laughs> kick on you know when the, we uh, maybe we'll we'll get lucky in the lottery and get Scoop Henderson or something but yeah. <laughs> um, that leads us perfectly into the other thing here which is you know Alex this is kind of a point you've made a lot of times when anyone's really criticized Tibbs it's been okay you want to get rid of him cool right but who is going to be his replacement so Alex if you had to guess like somebody or of the Knicks should target in terms of their, their next head coach? Who would you uh, look at? Well, see, I, I, I totally think differently from, from a lot of people, and I don't think they are going to go for, like, a, a developmental kind of young guy mm-hmm. because I just think, you know, you've got – yeah, the, the, the roster isn't great, but there's a lot of guys in there that, although they're young, you know, they've got a good few years in the league, 
certainly can't see us going down a kind of tanking route. I don't think we're ever going to do that. I, I think they're more likely, I don't know, there's somebody like, I don't know, Quinn Schneider or somebody like that they might go after. Hopefully not a doku. But some somebody Ooh, with stay a, away. I mean, it's toxic. <laughs> I know it all. All oh signs, God. all signs seems to point towards uh, Johnny Bryant. But still, as I say, I said earlier in the pod, I, I just I, I think the the risk of that going horribly wrong um, is 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 really it makes me nervous. You know, so I, I'm not totally sure that they'll go for that. But you know. I'm 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 willing to go. I've as I've said many times. I think this front office gets a lot of criticism, and the way they handled the the Donovan Mitchell situation, although we we I think we all agreed that in the end it was probably the right thing to to not do it. They still handled it really poorly. I think um, I, I keep going on about how there's lots of lots of smart voices in the room, and I kind of trust them to a certain extent. They've drafted well and things like that, so. I do have a, a certain level of trust that they'll pick a good coach, but I guess it's just the the next PTSD. I, I'm just really worried about the kind of what's the next, what's next, really. I kind of trusted Tibbs to a certain extent, and that you know, you know, he was a safe pair of hands a little bit, you know, and I, I kind of knew that not much was going to go wrong. I knew that there was a a kind of high floor uh, for this for the for the roster and probably a low ceiling as well. But that's kind of what I wanted at the end of the day for these these few years so yeah maybe they have to take a little bit of a risk now but I th- I think they might they might go down a bit a little bit more of an experienced route as to who that person is I, I don't know I'm not too sure yeah I have no clue either who who can they they choose it's like uh there's so many coaches and I example I don't follow college basketball so I know there's a lot of good coaches in, in college that can come up to the NBA if if needed but I would like to have a coach that, in a way, totally opposite of what Tibbs brought us. We have the same issues offensively. No, some a lot of uh, a lack of fluidity in our on, on our offense, and we can't defend the three point line to save our lives anymore. It's 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 in a few games up and down. But I would like a coach to at least try and look at our players and say, okay. Let's, we have these players. These are their strengths. Let's try and play to them, because we are in year three and four of many players, and we uh, or of many young players, and we still don't know what they are or what they can can be. I I read a tweet. I think it was Tommy D, our boy Tommy D, who, who said like people talk like uh quickly. Uh, we are sitting on the next uh John Stockton and Carl uh, Malone. And quickly and Obi Toppin, like they need to play them three minutes and we will win games. It's not like that, but I understand the the idea of okay, let's play these guys more and see what they are. Twenty five minutes a game or thirty minutes a game, and they shit the bed. Okay, maybe this this is not a guy to keep with the roster, and maybe then we can say okay, okay, quickly we can trade. Obi, Cam, RJ, whoever they want to 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 understand who to, to trade, but I would like a coach to have a different style, a more offensive-minded coach as well, because that's what we like. We're scoring a lot of points. We are. It's don't get me wrong. We're scoring a lot of points, but we're allowing a lot of points as well. So it's like there's no balance there. But I would like to have a a, a more fluid offensive coach 
changed the way we we attack because we're our offense is the same for three years and it's not really working. It's not perfect. I would like a more, uh, I don't know if it, a veteran or a young coach, I don't know, just someone more offensive minded mm-hmm. and uh, obviously with the, knows what to do on, on defense, but we need to try something different to see if our players, the players we have can ad- adapt to that and maybe take another leap. We know we can trade this, build with this one or or not. So, like, make decisions. We have too many young guys in too many minutes. Like, need to make decisions. And a coach at with, with the front office choosing a path. Okay, we, we, this is what we're going to do. We screwed the pooch trying to make the playoffs with uh, these guys, right? We're a playoff team. We screwed it. Let's try a different approach. Let's do something different. I understand it. I'm tying into an, another issue that having uh, a different offense coach right, looking at the young guys, maybe that's a problem for guys like, like we have now Brunson and Randall. You mentioned the fact that we've got we've got so many young guys, and I, I think that's half the problem is that we've got this big fifteen of young guys that can all play, and yeah, and not gonna gonna get caught up with the minutes thing again. But like just even the fact you said about focusing on development, and it's hard to focus on development. You're trying to find a role for fifteen players on a, on a roster. Do you know? Uh, I think the roster was balanced better before, and we had good solid veterans backing them up. You know, and I I don't like the the just the whole roster full of young guys and just throwing them out there and seeing what they can do. I think that's the way the roster's built at the moment is that we've just got all these young guys in the hope that a couple of them make leaps enough to be trade assets and and, and or even kick on from there and give a, a second contract to. I think, uh, yeah, they're just they're they're just kind of uh, hedging their bets a little bit with the, these young guys. But I think it's hard to find development time um, for so many young players that we've got. So I need to choose. It's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to say this, but the almighty forty fourth seed is beginning to look so real, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. So I have a few names that that I am thinking of as far as like targets. Obviously, a lot of the fans are going to say, you know, just elevate Johnny Bryant. That's the whole reason, you know, he's his assist, associate head coach, or whatever, you know, bring him up. But we've discussed this before. Guys, no coaching experience. You know, he's he literally has just been like, oh, he has good relationships around the league, which sounds I hate to even bring up this man's name on the pod, but <laughs> it sounds Fizdalian in a way, right? You know, it's like, yeah. it's the same reason, like, oh, Fizdale's good friends with LeBron, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... The, so, the Lakers guy as well, uh, Darren Ham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. raved yeah. about him. Uh, fun, uh, coincidentally, LeBron as well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah exactly. uh, But before Thibodeau got hired, the person I really was interested by was then Spurs assistant Becky Hammond, who's since gone on to Las Vegas in the WNBA, won a championship in her first year as a head coach. I would love to have be able to wrangle her away from the WNBA. Um, I know she has like pretty high-level GM type of uh, roles within the aces there, but I think that would be, you know, straight from the pop of his tree. You know, I think that would that would make a lot of sense. Another one is uh, Philly assistant Sam Cassell. You know, obviously former point guard. There is a, a little bit of a track record of former point guards being pretty decent coaches in this league. I'm not saying that's the only reason to hire Sam, but he's been on Doc Rivers' staff forever. I feel like in uh, 
in Philly, he's been able to nav help to navigate the the revolving door personnel that they've had over there, which speaks to adapting to the roster that you guys have been mentioning. And but the dream candidate for me is Tyron Lue. Again, another former point guard. He's been able to kind of navigate the circus that is Kawhi Leonard. The with is he playing? Isn't he playing? Been able to maximize players like uh, Terrence Mann. Been able to get the most out of somebody like Reggie Jackson, who thought was everybody thought was done in this league. And he's been able to develop a few young players over there in LA as well. Used to a big market. Granted, being a Clippers coach is not the same as being the Lakers coach. But nevertheless, that LA is still a massive market. He has two stars in PG and Kawhi, who he's had to manage. He managed LeBron and Cleveland and got them to NBA Finals. You know, so I think he's the ideal choice if he's just fed up with the Clippers and he maybe he wants something different. But those are the three I'm looking at because uh, you want somebody I think who, to your point, Rafa, has some offensive variance who can play to his player's strength. But you don't want to just totally forget about defense at the same time, and you want somebody who can handle the big city. That's why getting the college coach doesn't make a lot of sense to me here. Uh, like you guys have mentioned about, you know, you want somebody who's a little bit more experienced because, you know, as much as we shit on our own team and how the national media shits on us, getting the job as a Knicks head coach is a pretty big deal in coaching ranks. You know, it's you coaching the NBA team in the NBA altogether. But let's just be honest here, coaching in Orlando and Oklahoma City is not the same thing as coaching in New York City, right? So I'm looking at those three people. Who knows who's going to rise up a lot? I remember Brutus, who appeared on the pod once. He has mentioned in the past about wanting Jay Wright, the former coach at Villanova, which obviously Jalen Brunson's old college coach, Ryan Archidiakno's old college coach as well, uh, but in case anybody cares about that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's an interesting proposition if you ever wanted to make the jump to the pro game. You know, not a lot of success there with uh, tenured college coaches. Obviously, we did that with Larry Brown, you know, and we all remember how that turned out. Not great, <laughs> but I was going to mention Billy Donovan. Um, yeah, that's another one. Who, <laughs> the Bulls coach, I said at the start of the season, I was like, I really hope the Bulls have a, a kind of mirror image of, of what the Knicks did and that they overachieved last year. Somebody like DeRozan was having a, a kind of Randall type year. And then they just fall back down to earth. I uh, didn't like, don't like their roster at all, especially especially from the defensive end. And tell you what, that's another team that's prime, prime for a fire sale at the deadline. You could probably get Patrick Patrick Williams for pennies on the dollar at the deadline yeah. this this year for sure. And but the uh, I didn't I just read today that they gave Donovan a big extension in the summer. Yep. yep. They're in a bit of a mess at the moment. Yeah, that's and then there's a lot of talk about like uh, an Anthony Davis uh, trade there potentially. You know, getting off of Vucevic and a couple other contracts that they have. Uh, but yeah, they're 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 in they're like they're right there with the Knicks, kind of stuck in the middle. Only problem is they're older. You know, yeah, is yeah, exactly. is the big difference. Are you are relying on guys like Vucevic and DeRozan, Levine as well? But he's kind of uh, indicated maybe he's not super happy, even though they just signed an extension there. Yeah, the, the Bulls are a mess. I mean, let's uh, <laughs> no way around it. Like, we think we have it bad, but the Bulls yeah. are kind of uh, in in a little bit of a chaotic remember, situation. Remember, remember when people were mad we didn't sign uh, Lonzo or DeRozan? Oh, let the Knicks, let the Bulls get the best of us. There I mean, go. look uh, who we signed instead. I mean, it's not yeah. like we did much. <laughs> well, hey, 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 he's not in the rotation. Don't 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 mention it. it it's it's yeah, over. Yeah. 
All right, all right. Let's uh let's get into some game picks here. Uh, only three games this coming week. So uh, a home game against the Hawks on Wednesday, then traveling to uh, Charlotte to play the Hornets, and then mm-hmm. a home matchup another Sunday, 6 o'clock Eastern's tip, Sunday against the Kings. A lot of these this year. But yeah, I guess, uh, what are you guys thinking this week? Kings are playing really well right now. Uh, they, they look great. <laughs> really well. The, um, uh, I'll go 2-1. They may show a wee bit of fight at the moment. Maybe pick up the next couple of games and then... The, get blown out by the Kings and it's all back to square run again. It's all a disaster again. Oh my God. I, I don't, I don't even know, man. It's, it's every week it's harder because it's like, uh, Hey, we're losing close games d- destroyed. And it's like, I don't, I don't even know, man. I'm afraid of that game against the Hawks. I'm terrified of Trey Young. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Hey, Trey Young is picking it up against the, at the garden too, man. It's, it's at the garden. Oh that's, that's, that's the God, issue. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't even. I, I'm scared. I'm, I'm legitimately, we owe them, we owe them legitimately scared. And by the way, uh, if there's a guy, uh, we, I we you mentioned it at the top of the because of the Mavs game and Tima Hardaway Jr. If there is a guy who has reasons to hate the Knicks and come into MSG and just shit on us, is Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. Getting picked up twice, getting traded twice. I would say fuck the Knicks. If I was him, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I don't know. Real quick, before we kind of wrap this up, I was always kind of a Tim fan. You know, I always mm-hmm. thought too, yeah. he got a little bit of a raw like reception from the fan base here, uh, just because who he wasn't. But like Tim Hardaway's like a good professional player. Like exactly. he could score you. He could score 20 points on any night. You know, a reliable three point shooter, decent defender for his size. And yeah, I always thought he was okay. Granted, we overpaid him big time yeah, in free agency, was, but that's not his fault. You know, that's that, like clearly telling you know, to check his bank balance and then uh, he'll be all right. He's that upset yeah. with us after a while. You know, when he retires, he should probably thank <laughs> James Dolan for paying him so much money. So that should be the case. All right, Rafi, you've skirted the question. What you got to tell me what you think the, the week's going to be. The. Fuck it, three or no? Wow, RJ Barrett week. Uh, there we go. Right, no, there it, we go. There in we go. The, write it on. Write this down, guys. This week, where I'm going to be the negative one, I'm going to go one and two. Uh, I think, I think we pick up a win against the the Hornets. They're they're, uh, I believe, not not a great team. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Trey at MSG terrifies me. Uh, just because he he lives for it, it just reminds me so much of Reggie I'm Miller in the nineties. Positive mind. I mean, anytime Reggie came to the to, to the garden, he always perform. Um, and yeah, I think Trey is well, cut from that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say write it down. Uh, next week will be the the Rafa uh, Tibbs apology episode. So if it, if he's if yeah. he's saying th- if he's saying three, you know that's that's four in a row, Rafa. After he has all the pain extend, I've been through, extend his contract. <laughs> no. Oh my God! No, give him the if, if they extend this contract, I'm 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 packing my bags. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Three more years of Tibbs. Hey, uh, I just remembered something though. We have to close this episode out with a little bit of a shout out. Speaking of the Kings, Rafa, your fellow countryman oh. has been uh, dominating in the in the G League, right? Yeah, he's been playing tremendously in in the, in the G League. The the and all the NBA reporters here in, in Portugal they're talking about how he should be playing with the Kings in the NBA. Like, uh, do well, they even have a rotation yeah, spot the, for him? That's that's kind of the issue, right? I don't even know. They they had like twenty centers, 
uh, last year. So I don't know how many they Emmy had. had uh, I don't follow. Shoot. I don't follow the Kings that closely, to be fair. Yeah. Like uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, uh, shout out to Portugal. We won that Portugal Spain quarterfinal, Rafa, uh, for the World Cup. Oh no! I I've been saying it's going to be a uh, there's going to be a, a reconquest, a Moroccan reconquest, because historically we fought so much with Morocco, Portugal, and Spain, and we're just, they're just going to take us. They're going to beat Spain, going to beat Portugal, and and win the entire oh thing. Oh my god! And no disrespect on that, but myself <laughs> as as an arab uh, i am look i am rooting for that you know morocco is uh, every arab's favorite team right now you know obviously big test against spain uh, coming up uh, to to answer your question just about like who they have available kings i mean they got keegan murray at the 4 obviously and they're playing sabonis at the 5 and then you also have rashawn holmes and alex len in that rotation there as well so I got Trey Lyles, still getting money from them. KZ, Okpala, Chimizi, Me Too. I mean, they have a lot of big men over there. And we're going to need Leon to get on the phone with uh, with whoever the GM in Sacramento is. And go ahead and... The Westchester they... Knicks, man. Trey, Trey the Westchester Knicks, Knicks Yeah, hey, I, I wouldn't... Can we do that? Can we do that? Bring, bring him in. Bring him in. Tip, tips in a oh first round pick. Conditional uh, for Quero. I think uh, I think I would, most I would fans fly would be okay to with Sacramento. <laughs> like I fly it personally, uh, but that would be awesome. Yes. Honestly, uh, that would be kind of cool uh, for us, you know, kind of selfishly to have a, yeah. you know the NBA's only Portuguese player uh, on our team would be really awesome. But that is going to wrap us up here for uh, this week's episode of Worldwide Knicks. As always, if you guys are interested in following us on Twitter, we are pretty active on that platform at Podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscribing and rating it on Spotify and Apple Music and subscribing wherever it is that you get your podcasts. So here's hoping to a good week coming up for us Knicks fans. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Worldwide Knicks, and we will talk to you guys soon. 